Hello and welcome to Handball in Numbers, the Handballytics podcast. This is episode one. My name is Mark Hawkins and I'm joined by Julian Rowe. Hello, Julian. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm I'm very well, thank you. Very excited for the start of the uh, start of the Olympic Games, uh, particularly the handball competition. Today we will be looking at the very first game of the Olympic. Norway played Brazil earlier on today. Uh, Norway won 27-24. Sander Sagerson with eight top scoring for Norway, and Langaro with five, the top scorer for Brazil. Julian, do you want to talk a little bit about the main metric of the day that we're going to be looking at? Yes, it's two metrics, but both show similar things. So one metric is pace, which is simply the number of possessions per game. You can calculate it just by adding shots and turnovers and subtracting offensive rebounds, which, well, isn't a statistic that's officially in a stat sheet. And it just shows whether a team's style of play is fast or slow. Has many, so many possessions, high pace, few possessions, low pace. But in, we're looking at an individual game today, so always strongly influenced by the opponents. So to look at individual teams, it might be better to look at uh, possession length, which is just the, the sum of the duration of uh, all possessions divided by the number of possessions. And well, it shows then exactly if a team's style of play is fast or slow. These two metrics show more the style of the team or the coach. And it's there's no real correlation between the, the style of play and quality of the team. So we have fast teams that are good and bad and or the same goes for slow playing teams. Today we're joined by Jamal Naji, trainer for Tusemessen in the German Bundesliga. Uh, welcome, Jamal. Hello. Nice to meet you. And uh, firstly, Jamal, Tusemessen, you were the, the fastest playing team in the Bundesliga last season. Most of the games you would have been considered the underdog team, especially we see from the matches we've seen today between Norway and Brazil. Uh, Norway are now underdogs. Brazil perhaps considered a little bit more uh, an underdog team, but they both have average pace numbers, uh, as we can see from their performances in the World Championships in January. Uh, where do you see similarities or differences from a tactical point of view between yourself and Norway or Brazil? I'm not sure about the fact if there is a tactical um, difference in it, because uh, I don't know the match plan which uh, had the coach from Brazil or Norway. But in, in my mind, the first thing um, that we have to figure out is uh, which impulse the teams have to go in the transition. And the first impulse is, uh, in my opinion, is always the goalkeeper. How fast the goalkeeper is able to throw the ball back to the, to the game, to come in the third, third of the game, of this court. Yeah, in, in my opinion, Norway and Brazil do have the impulse to come very, very fast to the third third. But before the game, I had the feeling that the game uh, will be faster than it was in the end. Yeah, that's exactly what the numbers say in the World Championship. Both Brazil and especially Norway were very fast in their offense. Especially uh, Norway had by far the shortest possession length in offense. Today, it was much, much slower, their offense. Where do you see reasons for that? It was an extraordinary season. Uh, due to Corona, there was a lot of pressure. It was a tough season and... Um, It depends a little bit on the fatigue of the teams. I think it is the high level of tiredness. The, the players are tired because of the long season, because of the hard pressure they had. And therefore, 
this could be a reason why the game was a little bit slower than the speed that we accepted. Probably the time shift uh, could be like playing to that as well, right? Because the game was at two at night for players. In our but, time, but, but yes. not in the time of Tokyo. No, a, a nine in the morning. If the players have only been there for a few days, maybe their body hasn't completely changed. Do you think that could be a, an issue or? Probably, yeah. It could be, definitely. But I think that the the point of, of the pressure of the strain, the fatigue, the tiredness of the players is, is a point which is much more important for maybe an Olympic championship, which will be very, very slow when you compare it with, with the last Olympic Games. But I'm not sure. That's an interesting point. And for years, especially if we go back to around the year 2000, the introduction of the fast restart of the game, the fast middle, the game got quicker and quicker. And between 2007, 2009, the international tournaments were maybe 59 to 60 possessions each game. In the last two championships, we've seen that more around 52 or 53. And from the games we've seen already today, It's been more around those numbers, even France and Argentina was about 48. Where do you see the reasons for this? Like you said, this year, there's been the particular issues with the COVID impacted season. But obviously, this is a trend we've seen over a few years now. Where do you see the reasons for that? I don't think that the teams or the coaches don't have the impulse to speed up their game. Uh, they don't have the impulse to play slower. Not all of them. It definitely could be a strategy to play slow. But I think that the transition defense is now way better than for around about 10 years. This is one point. The teams are better in going back to the defense. There are strategies which the coach gives the players how to go in the defense, how to defend a team which want to go past in the third third. The second point for me is that the players which want to go in the transition game have a rising intelligence for the situations. For the player who gets the ball is able to screen the situation. Is it worse to go in a fast way in the third third? Or is it there no good for a six-five situation or for five-fourth situation? or a defense where the key player is on the wrong position. There is a rising intelligence in the teams, especially probably in the most time, it's um, the center back who is responsible to bring the ball very fast to the third third. So how do you think this trend will continue? A very good question. Uh, to be honest, I, I really don't know. In my opinion, this is what I prefer. I like to play very fast because of the fact that we are playing handball, of course, for us, but in a, in a very, very high point, we play it for the fans to bring them a good time. And in my opinion, handball, which is very fast, definitely more attractive. It's more fun to watch. And um, we are also playing handball for the visitors. The visitors should have a, a very good time. And in my opinion, handball is definitely more attractive when you play fast. And therefore, I'm, I don't think that we will see the handball, which we see uh, about 20 years or 30 years. Uh, handball, in my opinion, should be a very fast sport. I hope that handball is rising, is rising up, comes uh, a sport for everyone, not only football. I hope we can help the, this sport to become more popular also in, in maybe the US or in, in Asia or Africa. And therefore, in my opinion, it is good to play a very fast handball.
Yeah, you speak a lot about some of uh, the general advantages that you see of playing fast handball there. In the game today, we maybe would have expected Norway to be a little bit quick in their possession length. They're certainly slower than they were in the World Championships, possibly because Brazil were in front early on in the game and they were they were able to sort of take the lead and possibly put Norway under under some pressure. For you as a coach, does that impact how during the game? Sometimes maybe if you were with Essen, you would played really quickly, you had taken the lead, crucial points towards the bottom of the table. Do you sometimes slow the game down or is it always just we keep going quicker, we keep the pace at the tempo we want to play? It depends uh, on, on the team which you had. But when you are front with five goals, there are five minutes to play and you save the ball. You have to slow up the game a little bit. Every second could be important, especially uh, last season in Essen. We had a lot of problems after the 45th minute roundabout because we were we had not the experience in certain situations to slow up the game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the, the key points, uh, one of the most important things a coach has to do to recognize uh, situations when you can play fast and when you have to slow up the game through speaking with the players or uh, make some uh, changes in the game. And yeah, we've touched upon you with the fastest team and, and that's your philosophy of play. We see a little bit today in uh, Bahrain versus Sweden that Bahrain had a much longer possession length than, than Sweden did and again considered probably an underdog team. Did you ever consider changing your philosophy to, to slow down a little bit or is it Are you aware that you're the, the quickest team? Is, do you compare yourself to other teams like that? Difficult question because uh, of the fact that this is my yeah. philosophy, which I prefer. Yeah. But if I don't have the team which is able yeah. to play a very, very fast handball, I have to be able to change my philosophy because maybe it's the best for the team. And therefore, it's very difficult to have one philosophy. There are many philosophies and you can prefer one. And in, I definitely prefer the fast kind of playing handball. But to be honest, if I had a team which is not able to play fast, I wouldn't be a good coach if I would play my philosophy knowing that my team is not able to play in the philosophy. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. uh, also in the Bundesliga last season, there, there were one or two teams I think they, they played not so slow because the coach don't like to play fast because mm -hmm. he knows this team is better when they are not playing fast because they are not so good in taking the risk. Uh, maybe they are not the best passing team and therefore um, the coach has to be able to change philosophies. Like you said, about it's a lot about the players you have. And of course, last season or the season before, you were in the second Bundesliga, which you uh, came second place, I think, to win promotion. And then you're playing quickly. You're one of the favorite teams there, the higher ranked teams. Is it then difficult when you've got the players who are able to play quickly? You've taught them your philosophy to play quickly. It might not be that you have the players to slow down like you say, and it's then you almost have to just go into your strengths as opposed to almost move a whole team out and bring in a whole new team that wants to play slowly again. Yeah, in my opinion, every player is able to play fast handball when you had a good education, when you had a coach who educated you in this kind of playing very well. But there is a difference in having a, a player which is 18, 19 and 20 or a player which is 35, 36, 37. We have a very young team. This is a team who, which wants to learn uh, new things. 
Therefore, for me or for our coaching staff, it was not a big problem to give them our philosophy. Obviously, they took it very good, but there are a lot of things to improve, definitely. Okay, perfect. Just one one last question, and I just want to hear yes or no, because I think it could be discussed long long enough. But obviously, the pace, how a game is played, also has to do with the refereeing. Philipp Jicha complained about this last year, that in Germany especially, referees are letting the game play well much longer, and the passive play is a sign is shown much later than in international games. Do you think handball needs a shot clock, yes or no? Difficult, but I think, uh, yes, the, the game becomes more attractive if you have a shot clock, in my opinion. Not 24 seconds, uh, maybe, like yeah. like uh, basketball, but uh, uh, I think this could be this could be interesting, yes. Well, I would pretty much agree. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I think you can see from the history of basketball how it made a huge difference there and even compared to some high school levels where they play without it, so... Yes, I think it. I think it's something that could be really interesting to create some new, maybe some new innovations in the game as well. And um, yeah, I think it, like Jamal says, I agree. I think it could lead to some more attractive handball as well. So thank you, Jamal, for being our first guest. All right, thank you. Uh, join us again tomorrow. We'll be having a chat with Neil Johnson from America, uh, who's done some work in in handball analytics over there, and we'll be looking at pace adjusted statistics. Uh, and also linking back to some of the topics we've discussed today. So join us then. And until then, follow us on, well, it's Handballytics on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We'll put uh, out content for every game that we're talking about uh, on here. You'll find actual numbers for each game on there, also on handballytics.de. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening and until tomorrow.